humans of the world, humans of America, humans of America, where the Supreme Court just did something incredible. You know, I have been in this radio business for three and a half years, and um, part of the always part of the challenge is that usually, almost always, my shows are taped. And always, almost, there is a delay between when something big happens, good or bad, that I need to talk about, and uh, my ability to get it on the air. If you are on Facebook Live right now, you just saw me not seat dancing, but actually dancing here in the studio, because listeners, today, on my way into this studio... Driving in the car from downtown Minneapolis out to Eden Prairie, um, where I had already conceived of a show, I heard on CNN that the Supreme Court ruled that LGBTQ people in America are entitled to the same legal employment protection as anyone else. And when I heard that news, first, my entire show just went out the window. I'm, I am speaking to you ad lib. I usually have a script, and you're not getting that right now. You're just getting plain old Ellie. Secondly, when I heard it, I started crying. Because for LGBTQ people, but particularly for transgender people who face so many challenges in America, this decision, 623, 623 in favor of holding that the phrase sex in the 1964 Civil Rights Act, Title VII, that applies to employment, that sex encompasses people who are transgender as well as people who are gay or lesbian or bisexual. It made me cry. And my God, it gave me hope. It did. I am... This comes on the heels, on the heels. I'm taping this show on Monday the 15th, on Friday the 12th, um, which happened to be the fourth anniversary of the Pulse uh, Orlando nightclub massacre in which 47 people were murdered and 53 were wounded. On that Friday afternoon, the 12th, just not even three days ago, the Trump administration announced that it was finalizing, that, that now the rule was that health care providers could discriminate against transgender people as well as health insurers. And so on Friday afternoon, after I saw that, um, I have to tell you, I was despondent despondent 
I did something that I don't ordinarily do, which is I had to reach out to somebody to talk to them because another transgender person, a woman named Vanessa, who's been on this show before, who I look up to greatly, who's roughly my age, who's had roughly my story, I had to call her because I needed to hear somebody say, um, it will be okay, Ellie, and I needed to hear somebody say that you matter to me, Ellie, because this, the, on Friday afternoon, the, the federal government, the government had told me that I don't matter, as well as the other God knows how many millions of other transgender people there are in America. And today, though, but today, today, not even 40 minutes ago from when I am now speaking to you, today, today, the Supreme Court has said that I do matter. It has been a long time since I felt that the government thought that I did matter. Certainly, it's been since 2016, November of 2016, that I've felt that I haven't mattered to our government. I, I, words cannot, words can't express at all how I am feeling right now. What, what the Supreme Court has said, and I've just, I've, I, you know, I, I'm like driving here. I can't read what's a very lengthy opinion. I got a snippet from my producer, uh, Brett Johnson. You know, and 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 the idea that the idea that okay, because the Title uh, Seven of the 1964 Civil Rights Act essentially says that that if you are that you cannot discriminate on the basis of sex. Now you have to go back to when this act was. Um, enacted in 64, okay? No such thing as sexual harassment on the job had ever been decided, all right? That, that, had, never, that had never been decided. In 1964, homo, homosexuality, do you remember that phrase? That was illegal, okay? And by the way, so was, um, we get off the side a little bit, but so was interracial marriage, illegal in um, a good dozen, maybe it was 17 southern states, okay? That, that didn't get overturned until 1967. But, and so, so you have to understand, so, but, but, since, but since 1964, in a case called Price Waterhouse, you know, um, which came down in, I believe, 1989 uh, or 87, the Supreme Court ruled, okay, you know, that... Um, Essentially, uh, you, it was illegal to certainly discriminate against a woman because she was too masculine appearing. Okay, yeah, and you know, Price Waterhouse was about a um, a stockbroker woman, a financial advisor who, you know, dressed masculinely, and they were upset that she didn't look feminine enough for their job, and they fired her. And so she she went and and sued, and the Supreme Court agreed that that was illegal. So. So what you're going to hear right now in pushback uh, to the Supreme Court decision, although, you know, um, uh, Neil Gorsuch was um, President Trump's appointee. Um, actually, I've stopped using that phrase, President Mr. Trump's uh, appointee. 
Uh, and, um, and, and, and so, I mean, but the pushback you're going to hear right now is that the Supreme Court has been legislating, that they just legislated to protect LGBTQ people, that that was an activist court. But the Supreme Court has been doing things ever since 1964 and expanding the scope of what the word sex means. I mean, my God, we, we have come a long way. I mean, we, we do outlaw sexual harassment um, in the workplace. Can you imagine if we did not outlaw that, if it wasn't uh, illegal or actionable? And now, finally, finally, and I'm looking at you in the camera for Facebook Live right now, finally. Finally, I'm okay. Finally, I can go anywhere in America right now and get a job. I mean, well, 63 years old, well, we got that age thing going on, but that's illegal too. But finally, I don't have to be afraid. I don't have to be afraid at all. that my job application would be denied because my voice does not match my appearance. And I cannot tell you the degree of comfort that gives me at this very moment, particularly coming on the heels of what, the, what Mr. Trump's administration did to my community by wiping out our legal protections in healthcare, which means essentially a doctor can say, I don't like who you are. No way am I going to serve you. Oh, and by the way, you're in our emergency room bleeding to death. Sorry. Sorry. You'll have to get someone else. I mean, literally, that's what on Friday, the Trump, admi- the Trump administration, Mr. Trump and his cronies came up with. You know, the, 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 the director of the civil rights for the Department of Human Services is somebody who has railed against transgender people for decades. He was the legal director for um, the DeVos Foundation, uh, which was connected to the Heritage Foundation. He is the one who announced on Friday that transgender people were not worthy of protection under the law and health care. But now we, on this Monday, three days later, we had the Supreme Court turning everything around. Now, um, this is an employment case that I'm talking about today. These are two employment cases. Remember, I spoke about um, um, uh, the transgender case, um, Amy, uh, now I'm blanking on Amy's last name, um, but how she had been fired from her funeral home jo- job and, uh, and how, you know, because she had transitioned on the job and, and, you know, and, and, and I, I've got to just tell you, I've been telling people for months, I have, I've been telling them for months that we, that we were going to lose, that there was no way that this Supreme Court, no way that this Supreme Court would ever, ever down in favor with a majority opinion in favor of transgender and uh, gay and lesbian and bisexual people in the employment realm. I just absolutely had given up hope on that. But you know what? I think that the Supreme Court pays attention to what's going on in America right now. And I cannot imagine how much more gasoline, kerosene, napalm, whatever they would have thrown on the fire by 
had they ruled that LGBTQ people did, were not equal, that we don't have equal rights as it relates to employment, I can't imagine what that would have done to further, further divide our country. Oh, my God. I have hope. I have, I have hope again. I had so lost it. And I am just thrilled to be able to tell you, uh, Attorney Marshall Tannock from Minneapolis has been able to make himself available to be on the show to talk about this decision that we just got. You know, and, and I, I cannot... The, the all of the how the stars are lining up here. I mean, I had a whole entirely different show ready to go for you until I got in the car to drive here to the station. And then I heard that the decision came down. And then I start I reached out to attorney Ten- Marshall Tannock and said, Marshall, can you be on the show? And as it turns out, to his credit, and thank you, Marshall, uh, he has manipulated his schedule and he'll be on in just a moment. And we'll have a really great discussion about the Supreme Court decision. So stay tuned, okay? This is a big deal. I'm sorry. I'm so excited. Okay. All right. You're listening to me, Ellie Krug, on LA 2.0 Radio on AM 950. If you like what you hear, visit my website at elliekrug.com. Email me at lejkrug at gmail.com. Really, if you want to talk to me and follow me on Twitter at Ellie Krug. We'll be back in a moment with Attorney Marshall Tannock. Branding Electrolysis on Grand Avenue in St. Paul has been a leader in permanent hair removal for people of all skin types and backgrounds for over 30 years, celebrating diversity and priding themselves on finding the right treatment plan for each client's individual needs, regardless of race or gender. Services include electrolysis, body waxing, facials, microneedling, and permanent makeup. Book your 60-minute complimentary consultation, including a 15-minute treatment today, for beautiful, lasting results. Visit BrendingElectrolysis.com. Hi, Alex of Better Futures, Minnesota. Does your business or organization need janitorial services, lawn care, or snow services? Obtain a free, no-obligation estimate from Better Futures, Minnesota when you mention that you heard about us on AM950. Our supervised, hardworking, and affordable crews will handle your interior and exterior building and property maintenance needs while you help men in your community transform their lives and walk on a positive path to success. It's a win-win. To learn more, go to BetterFuturesMinnesota.com under Business Services. And we're back on AM 950 LE 2.0 Radio. And by the greatest luck that I think I could come across today, apart from the Supreme Court decision that I just talked about, I have distinguished attorney Marshall Tannock on the line. Marshall practices in downtown Minneapolis. He is well known as a, as a, a trial lawyer, particularly in the area of First Amendment rights and, and other, other areas. Marshall, are you there? Yes, I am, Ellie. Marshall, you've been, a, you've been on my show before, and you're a friend both to me and to my station. Let's just get to the heart of it. Supreme Court came down today. They, I, I called it earlier uh, in this show the most significant decision since Brown versus Board of Education. Maybe you won't agree with that kind of accolade, but tell us what, what is your take 
on this decision that is not even an hour old right now. Thank you, Ellie. I, I don't know if I quite read it that high, but I think it's pretty close to it. I think it's certainly in the top uh, top uh, half dozen or so. In- interestingly, I had written an article about this case um, after it was argued last October. It was argued on the second day of the Supreme Court's current term way back in October. And I wrote an article about the case and analyzed uh, some of the pros and cons of the case and likely outcome. And I did equate it at that time to Brown versus Board of Education. So I don't think you're too far from the mark. Uh, but it certainly is a uh, hugely significant decision uh, as a practical matter for the uh, LGBTQ community, uh, for all of us, really. Uh, and it's going to have a sweeping effect uh, probably in the workplace uh, around workplaces around the country. And from a, uh, if you'll uh, pardon me from indulging in this, from a jurisprudential matter, it's uh, interesting too to see how the court uh, reasoned and how the court reached its decision. So it has a lot of uh, really interesting features to it and very significant case. So Marshall, I need to just interrupt you because um, we're doing this you're via telephone and I'm, uh, you know, I'm in the studio. You've got to keep your voice a little bit closer to the phone because you're fading in and out, if you could do that. So, all right, so, so we've got a we've got a ruling that's you know six to three. We've got Gorsuch, um, obviously um, uh, an appointee of Mr. Trump, and we and, and we've got uh, Chief Justice Roberts, who um, again, in my view, has come to save the day uh, because he certainly saved the day on the Affordable Care Act uh, case. You know what? You know what do you think? How did this happen, and and why? Well, uh, the, uh, uh, many uh, people already within the last half hour or so are observing that uh, the uh, oddity uh, and, and surprise at Gorsuch uh, issuing the ruling and joining in the, uh, with the liberals on the court, and it's not that surprising. At the oral argument back in October, uh, Gorsuch was probably um, uh, raised a lot of eyebrows because he. Uh, uh, indicated that he thought uh, that uh, the term, quote, sex in the uh, federal statute, which is undefined, uh, could extend to uh, uh, relationships uh, apart from our genetic characteristics. And uh, he uh, he made that comment. He said, it sure seems that uh, the LGBTQ claim has a sex basis to it. And uh, that surprised some people. But uh, knowing Gorsuch, uh, as some do, he's really what's called a textualist, and that means he looks at the plain meaning of the words and tries to interpret them according to their plain meaning rather than what the legislators may have intended or thought at the time. In fact, Gorsuch just recently wrote a book about that way of interpreting statutes. Look at the words. Don't uh, dwell too much on what the uh, people who passed it thought or what he intended at the time, because the record back in 1964 is barren of any discussion or consideration of uh, LGBTQ issues. It didn't come up. It was, uh, you know, before its time, and uh, there was no, there was nothing that you could point to that indicated that the legislature, uh, Congress, uh, intended or meant that at the time. So he looked at the words of the statute and said that uh, his view was that uh, the term sex in the statute, which is the only word in the statute that's pertinent, does extend to LGBTQ relationships. Um, So it's not that surprising from a jurisprudential standpoint that Gorsuch uh, was on that side of the case, even though he's a Trump appointee. And the Trump administration was on the other, arguing the other side. The Trump administration joined the employers in arguing against that position. Uh, Roberts is is another interesting uh, situation, too. 
Um, well, and l- before you talk about Roberts, I was just going to throw in there very quickly, you know, this, um, the Amy Stevens case, the transgender case, as well as I think for the, as well as for the two gay men, I mean, it all began with the Justice Department on their side, right? I mean, the Justice Department switched sides in the middle of those cases. I mean... It's hap- yes, that's, that's not the first and only time it's happened during the last four years, but that did happen. Yeah, they, they switched sides. So unbelievable. All right. So what were you going to say about Justice Roberts showing well, up in your this point case? Well, your, your point is well taken. Uh, Roberts is now seemingly cast as the swing vote, uh, although he, he could have joined the minority here and it still would have been 5-4. But Roberts is now seen as in the uh, Obamacare case and other in some other cases as the swing vote. He's sort of occupying that position that uh, Justice Kennedy used to occupy. And uh, it's a kind of a shaky position because he still has conservative leanings. But uh, I think I think it's important that he join the majority in this case. I think it lends more credibility to the decision that it's six three, not five four. And uh, and his role in the case, uh, the fact that the chief justice joined with uh, Gorsuch and the liberals on the court, I think is significant. And uh, it may portend uh, leanings in other cases too. Well, so. What um, you know? What you did not hear because we're taping the show in advance of this was, but I'm sure you're aware. You know, on Friday, the, the Mr. Trump's administration announced right. the rule that uh, they were rolling back, that they were eliminating protections for transgender people in healthcare, and 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 health insurance. Okay, and um, uh, and I've got to tell you, Marshall, I was despondent on Friday afternoon after I saw that. I mean, that is the right word for me. And it's amazing because as soon as I heard about the decision this morning on the way into the station to tape what was supposed to be an entirely different show, I started crying because I I couldn't... I I have been telling people for months these cases were not going to go this way, that they were going to go the other way. And... um, do you think that the Supreme Court has been paying attention to what's been going on in America since Memorial Day? Yes, I think it has. Not just since Memorial Day, but in terms of changing social mores and social practices. And the world has changed. And uh, I think the Supreme Court is uh, cognizant of that. At least some members of the Supreme Court are. Enough members are to make a, a majority. Uh, there's an old saying that the Supreme Court follows the ballot box. And what that refers to is not necessarily the Supreme Court is a political body, although it is, but that the Supreme Court uh, uh, decisions are not not only based on strictly a legalistic standpoint, but they, they, they live real lives and they see the world around them and the world has changed. The world has changed a great deal since 1964, obviously, when this law was passed. And I think at least some members of the court were um, um, aware and cognizant of that and some oblivious to that. But... Um, uh, and in terms of what's happened in the last month or so uh, since since uh, Memorial Day, it could be a factor that uh, society is changing. People are becoming more open-minded. And I think that has some potential effect on uh, the Supreme Court, at least some justices of the Supreme Court. So I think it's a point well taken. All right. So, Marshall, we've got to take a break and we'll come back. We'll talk a little bit more about the implications of the decision. Okay. Fine. All right, listeners, uh, we've been speaking with attorney Marshall Tannock from Minneapolis about uh, the Supreme Court decision that came down um, ruling that LGBTQ people are entitled to the same protection in employment as anyone else. Um, when we come back from our break, we'll speak uh, some more with Marshall and then we'll end up doing uh, the end of the show. Thanks so very much. 
Did you know there's deconstruction funding available now for homeowners and contractors in Hennepin County? If you are embarking on a remodel or teardown this year, consider hiring Better Futures Minnesota's deconstruction crews instead of demolition. By taking a house or building apart by hand instead of destroying it with heavy equipment, the materials can be reused or recycled instead of going into the landfill. It is much more cost-effective and is a carbon-neutral solution. Go to BetterFuturesMinnesota.com and look under Business Services to learn more. And I'm back. Ellie Krug on Ellie 2.0 Radio on AM 950. And if you hear something that sounds kind of ecstatic in my life, <laughs> that is because I am ecstatic about what the Supreme Court did today, as well as by the fact that I was able to get very esteemed lawyer, Marshall Tannock, on the line. Marshall, are you still there? Yes, I am, Ellie. Okay, Marshall. So um, before we, we, we took our break and we were talking about Justice Roberts and Justice Gorsuch, Chief Justice Roberts, having made the swing. So this is a wonderful day for LGBTQ people as it relates to the employment field. I mean, you know this, Marshall, that at least before this decision came down, I only had legal rights in 23 states in D.C. that where I would be protected for employment. And now today, as of this ruling, today I get to be protected in all 50 states if I decide I want to go try and get a job in Alabama. I'm going to, at least they can't discriminate because my voice doesn't match my appearance. But Marshall, you and I both know, we're both lawyers, you um, practicing me not at the moment, um, we know that this does not resolve all the issues. So what do we have left on the table as it relates to LGBTQ people and the law and continued discrimination? Good question, Ellie. Uh, incidentally, of those 23 jurisdictions in the District of Columbia where your rights were protected before today, uh, Minnesota was the first. Minnesota was the first state to enact a um, law protecting uh, LGBT people, uh, LGBT community. Yep. Uh, back in the early 90, early 1990s, almost three three decades ago. But uh, like the Brown versus Board of Education case, which we talked about earlier, um, it, this decision is a landmark case. It's a uh, sea change case, but it still does not resolve all issues and leaves a lot of other issues still lingering. One issue is the, uh, this was an employment case, and it was strictly an employment case. It was strictly decided under the federal, under Title VII of the Federal Civil Rights Act, which is an employment discrimination law. So to the extent that there's other issues that arise relative to discrimination or disparate treatment of LGBTQ people, they're not specifically covered by this ruling. Example, we talked earlier about the uh, rollback in uh, health, health services and health, uh, health protective services for, uh, by, by the Trump administration just last Friday, three days ago. That isn't specifically prohibited by or uh, barred by this ruling nor issues relating to LGBTQ people in the military. They're not affected by this decision uh, specifically. However, certainly the reasoning of this decision and the rationale of the decision and the momentum of the decision probably should and will spill over into other areas. But for the time right. being, it's only uh, a prohibition against discrimination in the workplace. It also applies, uh, in this case, all of the employee, uh, all the three claimants in this case were all current employees. 
it uh, the law the ruling does not extend specifically to applicants for jobs however the federal civil rights act under which the ruling was made does apply to applicants so presumably if you can't discriminate against someone when they're an employee you can't discriminate against someone when they're not an employee in other words you can't refuse to hire someone because they're um gay lesbian bisexual or whatever so um that ru- so but that still remains to be seen and there'll probably be other cases uh, f- uh, uh ferreting out what the, what the meaning and impact of the ruling is and uh, and always there's always going to be proof problems being able, these cases were fairly simple proof problems because in each of the three cases that were combined before the Supreme Court there was explicit uh, statements by the employer that the individuals are right. being fired because of their uh, status in the LGBTQ community. Oftentimes, that's not that easy to prove, and you don't have that um, smoking gun evidence. It's like so many other discrimination cases, race, gender, age, disability. Many times, the uh, reasons for the employer's decision are obscured and uh, can be quite a battle in proving what the cause of the reason was. Was it because of the person's uh, uh, status, or was it because of the person's performance, or other reasons? So while this decision is uh, should be hailed as a, as a landmark ruling, it doesn't necessarily mean that there's not going to be discrimination in the workplace, or that the, those issues are going to be easy to address and resolve. Well, but we've got, and, the, and there's one more issue that that's outstanding out there, and it goes back to the 64 Civil Rights Act, which is Title IX, which applies to education. And um, uh, the Mr. Trump's administration, particularly under Betsy DeVos, the education secretary, has been determined to bar transgender athletes from participating in uh, um, high school and uh, college sports. Um, right now, there's um, litigation going on in, in Connecticut because Connecticut um, has uh, policies that, that protect transgender athletes. Now, Marshall, under Title IX, it's the same word. It's sex, right? It's the Correct. same word. Yeah. So one would think that this is going to really, really have an impact on those kinds of cases. And in fact, in Idaho... Just three months ago, they enacted legislation in the state. Now, I know that's state law, not federal, but um, where they, they prohibited transgender um, athletes, particularly transgender girls and young women, from participating in sports in high school and in college. So I think, do you think that maybe this is going to you know, really make it difficult for the government to continue to discriminate against transgender athletes? Yes, I think it will, because as you point out, the, the Supreme Court ruling today turned on the meaning of, quote, sex, unquote, and that same language is used in other statutes. So one would think that the ruling of the court or the rationale of the court would be, uh, would be equally applicable. However, uh, at least in terms of uh, athletics, I, I think there will be some battles still to be fought. I don't think necessarily the opponents are going to drop their... Um, drop their weapons and say, we give up, case over. And I think there's still going to be issues that are going to be have to have to be fought and addressed. It's, uh, as I said earlier, in the Brown versus Board of Education case, when the Supreme Court said racial uh, 
segregation schools must end with all deliberate speed, well, it's taken a, a long time for that speed to occur. I don't anticipate that we're going to spend the next 60 years litigating LGBTQ cases, but I do expect that the uh, the fallout from this decision today is not necessarily going to be self-enforcing, and there's still going to be other issues fought in, in other battlegrounds, but certainly the momentum uh, is in favor of the LGBTQ community, and this decision is going to go a long way uh, to um, resolving some of those other issues, and perhaps most of them, and hopefully all of them. So we've got about uh, three minutes left, uh, Marshall. I, I just wanted to get, I know that, you know, you're a lawyer, litigator, you're not a political commentator, but we cannot ignore the impact that this is going to have on uh, the uh, conservative communities. Um, uh, before I got you on, I, you know, I said that there were a lot of people walking around with their jaws um, open right now, and it wasn't because they were happy. What? How do you think this is going to come down? Do you think that there'll be some kind of, um, you know, backlash, pushback? Um, what, what are your thoughts? Well, I, I think that's certainly possible. It may energize that base uh, to, uh, f- uh, it's the Trump base. It may energize them even more uh, to, uh, to support those kind of policies. But uh, it also may lead some to say, well, the president promised us a conservative court that's going to do all of our bidding, and he hasn't produced that, so it may cause some fall away from the president's support in that regard. But I also think it's, I think it's going to be like the Obergefell decision in the same-sex marriage case, which at the time, the polls, at the time for public opinion polls, were about 50-50 divided on whether same-sex marriage should be allowed or not. The Supreme Court upheld of course, prohibited uh, barriers to same-sex marriage, and now the polls have swung, and people have become acclimated to it. And in the last five years, people accept it, and I think that's going to be true in this case too. I think certainly the hardcore right uh, is, is never going to bend on it, but I think people are going to be much more accepting accepting of it. And uh, over time, and not a long time, by the way, over time, people will, will by and large. Uh, even if they're opposed to that concept or for religious reasons or political reasons, they're going to have to live with it, and I think they will. So I think the short, I think the political ramifications, will, in my judgment, um, will be relatively um, insignificant uh, in, the, in, the short run, in, the, in the medium run and in the long run. The short run, sure, there'll be some howling and wailing, but I think that'll subside. You know, the, the idealistic part of me, and this, of course, is a show about idealism, is that maybe... Just maybe that um, because it was Gorsuch, an appointee of Mr. Trump, and of course Roberts, um, who was appointed by a Republican, do you th- I, I'm hoping that some of those people that were intolerant may come to conclude that maybe they're wrong about how they view people who are other, and that maybe they should think in a more compassionate way towards other humans. I don't know. That's the idealistic part of me. <laughs> I don't think that's far from the mark. I think there's some validity to that. I think the fact that Gorsuch wrote that decision is going to have some bearing on people saying, well, he's a conservative justice, and we've supported him, and um, if he says that, uh, he's a bright man and a, and a man of integrity, we maybe ought to uh, accept that. So I think that's a factor. Well, Marshall, it's been really great to talk to you. Again, I want to thank you because you came in on the, you know, QT and just really uh, stepped up to the plate. So thank you so very much for being on LE 2.0 Radio. 
And um, I just thank, I, I appreciate all that you do because you are certainly somebody who has supported my community in a variety of ways. And uh, so just Marshall, take care. And um, thanks again for being on, on my radio show, LE 2.0. Well, thank you, and congratulations to you and other folks who have been advocates for this position for many, many years. I think it's been a significant factor in getting the court to move in the direction it did. Okay, well, thanks. All right, well, listeners, we've been speaking to uh, Mar attorney Marshall Tannock from Minneapolis, who um, is ab absolutely um, an authority on these, this kind of uh, uh, groundbreaking litigation. Um, when we come back from our break, um, I'm going to give you my C block and uh, then we'll be done with the show. <laughs> but I'm sorry. I'm just so ecstatic. I cannot stop being so excited. And you're hearing hope. And I'm going to talk more about hope when we come back. Thanks. If you're looking to save money on your home or building improvement project, check out Better Futures Minnesota's reuse retail warehouse in South Minneapolis. We carry salvage building materials such as cabinetry, flooring, plumbing fixtures, appliances, lighting, and more, saving you money and saving the planet by keeping these items out of the landfill, by giving them another life. Selections change daily, and we also take donations. Go to betterfuturesminnesota.com and look under Reuse Warehouse to learn more. Let us know AM950 sent you. Brending Electrolysis on Grand Avenue in St. Paul has been a leader in permanent hair removal for people of all skin types and backgrounds for over 30 years, celebrating diversity and priding themselves on finding the right treatment plan for each client's individual needs, regardless of race or gender. Services include electrolysis, body waxing, facials, microneedling, and permanent makeup. Book your 60-minute complimentary consultation, including a 15-minute treatment today, for beautiful, lasting results. Visit BrendingElectrolysis.com. on AM 950, LE 2.0, and LE 2.0 Radio. Um, Marshall Tannock. Uh, Marshall, again, thank you for working up to the plate, like at the very last minute as a pitch hitter, and you just knocked it out of the park. So listeners, I know, I know, by the time you hear this show on, on, on the air, you're going to probably already have had your fill about this incredible decision from the Supreme Court, but... I am going to go officially on record and and say the most consequential decision of the Supreme Court since 1955 Brown versus Board of Education. I'm just going to I'm going to say it. And so and and by the way, I'm a trial lawyer formerly, more than 100 trials, so I've got some idea about what's consequential. <sighs> Let me talk about hope. I said it in the primary first segment, uh, the A Block, and talked a little bit about it with Marshall, and now I'm going to talk with it a little bit further with you right now. America. Where we are. In June of 2020, the protests over George Floyd's death 
Now we've got at least another African-American man unarmed, shot by police over the weekend. America, as Van Jones, in um, a piece he wrote for CNN on Friday night, America is having a great awakening. It is. This is not ever like it was before. This is not transitory. African-American people of color other than the white color have been held down for too long. I talked last week about systemic racism, structural racism, it exists. And I think finally our country, God love our young people, our 20-somethings and our 30-somethings, God love them. Because our country has finally realized that inequity is no longer acceptable. You know, this morning I got up and I rode my bike before I came to do this show. I'm a bike rider. And I went past um, a number of places on the, green, on, the, on the bike path where people have pitched tents. I mean, there are encampments in Minneapolis of people who are homeless who are living in tents. This is an America which in theory is supposed to be the richest, most powerful, greatest country in the world. And we allow people to be homeless, to live in tens families. We allow that. And we allow the color of one's skin to dictate whether they succeed or not in our society. And until about an hour ago, we allowed the question of who you loved or what gender you identified as to be a demarcation line on whether you could hold a job. I think it is a very difficult time right now to have hope for America if you're a pessimist. But if you're an idealist, if you're an optimist, if you're someone who believes in the goodness of humans, this is an incredible time to be alive. It is a time where the possibility of real change lingers. It is a time we're just maybe, we will stop putting people in groups or categories and instead we'll assign them the dignity that they deserve as individual humans. It is a time for us to look back at how poorly we as a country, but particularly white colored people, have treated anyone who is not white or straight, or Christian. I so believe in the promise of America. I do. This idea of a melting pot, 
all these euphemisms we've used for our country, but, but it is true. It is the only place in the world that you can come to with nothing and through hard work and luck, depending on a variety of things, you can succeed. Sometimes in the biggest possible way. I so believe in the idea that Americans are so willing to just let people live who they want to be, you know, and to sit around a dinner table and have a meal and share stories about backgrounds and and upbringings and fears and loves and all of those things. I so believe in America in that way. I understand what it's like to go from the top of a pyramid to somewhere way down below. And for that, I'm thankful that I have that perspective. And I am thankful today that our Supreme Court finally decided that human dignity, that being who you are, because it's some things in life you cannot choose who you love or what gender you identify in, that that should not be a reason to keep you from earning a living. <laughs> I believe in America today. I have my hope back. And it feels so incredibly good. I hope you've enjoyed this show that we've just put together. I need to thank my producer, Brett Johnson, because Brett has been scrambling with a calculator, figuring out times, doing phone calling, and just, he's just, Brett, you are the best. To my listeners, please, um, um, please see our sponsors, Better Futures Minnesota, Brending Electrolysis. Bev is back up and working. Please go see her. And to all of you who thank you for letting me dictate and dedicate this whole show to one thing. Thanks for putting up with it. Um, thank you for supporting me. And thank you for wanting to do better in the world. Together, we will do better. I just know it. Have a good week. Do good. Be kind to others and yourself. Bye-bye. LE 2.0 Radio. LE Krug. Thank you.